0: Here are three limits to evaluate. The first one, the limit as x goes to infinity, 15x minus 2,000x squared over 2x cubed plus 8x. Now, you want to start training your eye to look for the dominant terms, because they're the ones. Since x is going to infinity or negative infinity, this one goes to infinity, we only have to worry about what the dominant terms are doing. So the highest power in the numerator is x squared. So we take the negative with it, negative 2,000x squared. And on the bottom, the dominant term is 2x cubed. So it's going to go to infinity faster than 8x is. So I have negative 2,000x squared on top over 2x cubed on the bottom. And I'm going to evaluate that limit as x goes to positive infinity. Now I can simplify, right? Because right now, direct substitution would give me negative infinity squared over infinity cubed. That's indeterminate. So I have to simplify. I have limit, x goes to infinity, negative 2,000 on the top. The x squared divides into the x cubed one x time. So I have negative 2,000 over 2x. This reduces down to a negative constant over x. As x goes to infinity, you notice it doesn't matter that the constant is negative in this case. Sometimes it does. In this case, when x goes to infinity, you have something over infinity that goes to 0. So using our theorem k over x, as x goes to positive or negative infinity, we get 0 overall. So we can see, actually, that we had a, a higher power in the denominator than we did in the denom- in the numerator. So in the numerator, think, food supply denominator, think population. That's actually what happened on Easter Island, an ancient population years ago. They finally figured out that the population disappeared because they ran out of food on the island. And so if if your growth in the bottom is faster than your food supply, then you're gonna have a problem in the long run. Then your population is gonna go to zero. Sorry, your food is gonna go to zero. And then your population goes to zero after that. So we have the limit as x goes to infinity, we only had x squared on the top and we had x cubed on the bottom, so the overall limit is zero. And if you looked at the graph, that would mean a horizontal asymptote of y equals zero, wouldn't it? So we see the limit at infinity gives us zero, which is also the horizontal asymptote. The next limit, as x goes to negative infinity, we have a big trinomial on top, fourth power is the largest power, so it's a fourth-degree trinomial. On the bottom, we have another fourth-degree trinomial. So what do you think is going to happen when we take the leading term over the other leading term? We have our most powerful term in the numerator. The dominant term is 7x to the fourth. The most powerful term in the denominator, 6x to the fourth. So I take my limit as x goes to negative infinity. 7x to the fourth over 6x to the fourth. The x to the fourths cancel to equal 1. Because notice, I'm going to infinity. I'm not going to 0 anyway. So 7 over 6 is what's left. And the limit as x goes to infinity of 7, 6 is just 7, 6 back again. So you may notice there is a shortcut. When you see the two dominant terms, the limit at positive or negative infinity is just the ratio of their two coefficients, 7 over 6. That's because the leading terms have the same power. Now if the leading terms don't have the same power, for example our first example, x squared over x cubed, then they don't necessarily then we don't have negative 2000 over 2, do we? We had 0. That's because our most powerful term was in the denominator. So overall, the limit as x went to infinity was zero. So you may start to notice a pattern here. Highest power in the denominator, you get zero for your limit at infinity. Equal powers, numerator and denominator, then the limit is the ratio of their coefficients. Now, you might say, well, why didn't you just tell me that in the first place? I get that complaint a lot. And the reason is, if I just tell you, do this when you have one case, and get zero if you have another case, then it gets difficult to remember which case is which. And um, believe me, by the time the test comes and you have nerves and, and everything else as a factor, it gets very difficult to memorize all this stuff, right? So the most important thing to remember, x is going to positive or negative infinity, the most powerful terms, are the ones that matter. You get their ratio and you simplify until you get a limit that makes sense. So the first limit was 0, the second limit was 7, 6. Let's see what happens with this last limit. The limit as x goes to positive infinity, 4x minus 5x cubed on top, x squared plus 3x on the bottom. Now you might notice that each one of these examples has been different. This one, my dominant term, is negative 5x cubed. It's got a higher power than 4x. On the bottom, my dominant term is x squared. So I can rewrite this limit. Since x is going to infinity or negative infinity, this one goes to infinity, I can put the dominant term in the numerator over the dominant term in the denominator. This one's different, isn't it? Because look what happens. When you simplify, you can divide the x squared into x cubed, and it goes in one x time. And you get negative 5x after you simplify. So we have negative 5x, and we're taking the limit as x goes to positive infinity. At this time, it didn't cancel out. The x terms didn't cancel. And we don't have an x left in the denominator. So if you actually just think direct substitution, what happens if you take infinity and you multiply by negative 5? Does it make sense that now, instead of going to positive infinity, multiplying by negative flips you down in the other direction? So you just get negative 5 times infinity is just infinity back again. So using direct substitution, basically, in your mind, (laughs) you say negative 5 times infinity is just negative infinity. So this limit at infinity does not exist. Do you remember I said they won't all necessarily exist? This limit does not exist. The most specific thing to say, though, is negative infinity is your limit. Because what does that tell you? As x goes to positive infinity out this way, the Y values are going to negative infinity. So this tells you the long run behavior of the graph. The long run behavior or end behavior, depending which you prefer, is that as X goes to infinity, the graph goes down to negative infinity. Could we look at the limit as x goes to negative infinity at the same time? Of the original function, isn't it the same as what we got at the very end? The limit as x goes to negative infinity of the original function is just the limit as x goes to negative infinity of negative 5x. So now x values are going to negative infinity down here. But then what happens when you multiply by negative 5? Multiplying by a negative flips the graph over, doesn't it? So instead of the graph going down to negative infinity, you have negative 5 times negative infinity. It's positive infinity. So for this function, as x goes to negative infinity, the graph goes up to positive infinity. What happens in the middle? I have to look at vertical asymptotes, x-intercepts, y-intercepts. But in the long run, on the ends, the graph actually looks like the line y equals negative 5x. Negative 5x on the ends. They actually call this a slant asymptote um, because it's not a horizontal one, but it does actually describe the behavior of the graph on the ends. Now, this is not in the book. It's, actually, it's, it's in some problems in the book, but it's not in the reading in the book. Um, but the idea is when you don't have the graph leveling off horizontally, then you might have it leveling off according to a line. This is the line y equals negative 5x on the ends. In the middle, the graph looks very different. But on the ends, when x goes to negative infinity or positive infinity, the graph of the function actually looks like the line y equals negative 5x. If you don't believe me, you can sketch a graph yourself. This function has a hole at the, uh, at the origin. It's not defined for x equal to 0. And you've got a vertical asymptote at x equals negative 3. So you've got some interesting things going on. But on the ends, you have the line y equals negative 5x. And we also have that our limit, as x goes to infinity, is negative infinity. Or as x goes to negative infinity, it's positive infinity. So this is the first time where the sign mattered. Which direction your x was going mattered in this example because the x's didn't go away completely, or they're also not in the denominator like the first one. So you have to be careful. You actually have to pay attention to the sign. When you have an x term, any kind of x term in the numerator, you actually have to think about the sign. So let's do some more examples like that.